As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Have off-season moves primed the Kansas City Royals for a rebound? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, February 12th. I'm Al Melchior, and joining me for this episode is Derek Van Riper. And uh, DVR, um, you know, I was kind of excited about this Royals team even before the trade for Andrew Benintendi. I, I like the lineup, and now I like it even a little better. How do you feel about this team? I like it more today than I did yesterday, so kudos to them. And we were just talking before we started recording. At least they're trying. There are so many teams that are not trying right now that I just want even non-contending teams to do little things to try and make themselves better. Well, uh, that the Royals are doing. Uh, that's a good thing to see this offseason. And to help us uh, dissect not only the offseason moves, but just really the roster as a whole, we've got here Alec Lewis. He is the uh, athletic beat writer for the Royals. Uh, Alec, really appreciate you coming on here and uh, helping us sort out the Royals. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me. I, I I feel like I'm on this crazy island. As you mentioned, this team is trying. Like, is this baseball? Is this, What sport am I covering? It's a, it's. <laughs> It, I have to remind myself sometimes, but no, I, I'm I'm glad to be here, guys. Uh, excited to break it down. Well, appreciate it. So uh, let's get on with the breakdown here, and uh, might as well start with Andrew Benintendi. That is the the big news as we speak here, acquired from the Red Sox. Where do you see him hitting in this Royals lineup? Yeah, and we had actually talked about that with uh, General Manager Dayton Moore last night. I mentioned it in conversation with Manager Mike Matheny. He's hit. A lot at the second spot. I think you could conceivably imagine Whit Merrifield leading off as he has the last few years and, and Benintendi, the lefty, following him up. I, the lineup is is pretty uh, – top seven is pretty stacked, though. I mean, you've got Jorge Soler. You've got Carlos Santana. So you could see him sliding down to, to six, five, six, seven. Um, I think they'll be versatile with it. But Mike Matheny does like to keep things pretty regimented. So I wouldn't be surprised if they – start him at the second spot and, and see see how it goes from there. 
Yeah, well, they certainly, the Royals will need Benintendi to hit better than he did last year. Uh, they're really relying on some rebounds from a number of players, uh, especially Jorge Soler and Hunter Dozier. Uh, can you set any light in terms of what went wrong for those two last year and what hope we might have for them to do better in 2021? Yeah, both of them, um, they, they dealt with different injuries. Jorge Soler had an oblique injury throughout the course of the entire season. He swung through it for multiple games. I think he had to go on an, I, on an IL stint at, at some point, but he returned and it still was bothering him. He swings so violently that if you have an oblique injury with that body and that swing, it's just not going to work. And obviously – his pass is riddled with injuries, um, so it's it's concerning, I guess, a bit. But I think the Royals are confident that he's worked out in Miami all summer the way he has the last couple of years. Um, I think they're confident he can return to the form he showed um, in 2019, where he led the American League in homers. Hunter Dozier actually had a very tough case of COVID uh, at the beginning of the season, and um his parents had had it, and and it was it it rocked him pretty good. I know, it, like power energy was zapped a bit. Um, the positive for him was that he, he he saw the ball really well. He he I believe he walked more than any other Royal last year. Um, his OBP was was still solid. I think Dayton Moore said it last night, Wednesday night. He said, like, look, we believe. Hunter has another level. Yeah, he showed in 2019 what he could do. He showed last year he could he saw the ball well, but we think he has another step to his progression. Um, and he's a former first rounder, versatile guy. So it'll be interesting to see just with starting healthy, it's so hard to gauge with last season what how things went. But I think they're optimistic, um, specifically with Dozier, just to see how he can progress from from what he's been able to do. At least from Dozier, I think cheap power is what we can expect in the fantasy community from him this season. Uh, let's talk about the starting rotation for a bit. I was in a draft probably two years ago now. I took Brad Keller as a reserve pick, and somebody just asked me point blank, what do you like about him? And I kind of came back with the, um, I don't know, he has a job. That's the best I could really do. Uh, he's been really effective to this point in his career. A 350 ERA, a 128 whip now, over 360 career big league innings. You've seen a lot of Brad Keller. How does he do it while allowing so much contact? It's an amazing question that was kind of like a white whale of, of like, how is this happening? He throws a fastball, he throws a sinker, and he throws a slider. Guys just didn't hit home runs on him, and it was just didn't really make any sense. But recently, um, baseball savant, fortunately, there are people that study this game very deeply. Um, Brad's got a really interesting kind of seam, seam shifted wake in terms of his his sinker and how it plays off the slider. And he's had to kind of re rework, revamp that slider. But those two and that uniqueness, it is truly unique. I don't use that word often, but his combination of the pitches and the way that hitters see them is really unique. And I mean, to this point, that's the only reason I think that I can give that I that I can explain why he's been able to do what he's done. He's um he's worked on developing a changeup as well. He's thrown it a little bit. He worked on a curveball um last spring training. But uh I mean if he can develop another pitch to kind of work from those three, it, it'd be dangerous. He's young, he's big, guys call him a horse. That's what he is. He's like a traditional horse in that manner. And so it it, it 
he's a guy again, like nationally, if you're not a White Sox fan because they've had run-ins, um, he and, and that lineup have had run-ins. If you're not a White Sox fan, you probably don't really know who Brad Keller is, but quietly he's put together some really effective seasons at, at such a young age. I think we were all pretty impressed by Brady Singer in his debut last season because he made the leap from double A, uh, held his own, a 406 ERA, 117 whip, missed a good number of bats to eight and a half Ks per nine, so a 23.2% K rate, pretty well backed up by a swinging strike rate as well. There's pedigree there with Brady Singer, right? We're talking about a former first round pick. Do you get the sense that there's still one more level that he might be able to unlock as he enters his second season? Some scouts would tell you uh, unequivocally. They would say no. They would say he, he's, he's, a, he's a sinker, slider guy who, yes, has a compete level that's crazy and he has control, but scouts will harp on the fact he doesn't have this changeup. Interestingly, he just hasn't had to throw it that often. I mean, I think in the you know, he, he threw a near-no hitter against Cleveland last year, and I, I don't believe he threw the changeup in the game. And so – I personally do think there's another level. I think his his compete level. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm young. I'm not that experienced. But I can I can say from the athletes I've been around, it's hard to compare just the level at which he wants to win the game. It's it's kind of maniacal in that way, but it's what makes him um, special. And so for me to think that there's no way he takes another step after he pitched in the College World Series after he's done what he's done. I think it would be a little ridiculous. I know he's worked on the changeup all offseason. If that pitch can hover around average or, or or plus, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to take the next step beyond just his having more experience facing big league pitching. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting if that third pitch is something he becomes comfortable with because that would unlock a lot of interesting possibilities. Uh, if he picked up a little velo, that would help too. If he doesn't, get that change up if you did both I mean the sky's the limit right add velo add a third pitch sure you can be number one number two starter type looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 U.S. based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about the bullpen for a moment. Greg Holland is back. I think the the closer role was pretty slippery in Kansas City last season. So are you expecting a committee approach from Matheny again this year where it's Greg Holland sometimes, but then sometimes it might be Josh Stomont, and other times it might be uh, Scott Barlow. Is this going to be a headache for fantasy managers to deal with all season long? 100%. The Royals might make you happy in that they are trying to win baseball games in a sport where it is predicated on winning baseball games, Um, but they're probably not going to make you happy as a fantasy owner in search of a closer unless 
something were to happen with Trevor Rosenthal, I don't have I, I don't there's no information <laughs> there. Um, but I know the relationship he has with Mike Matheny is so strong. And so um, Matheny has really been open. Obviously, he when things end in St. Louis, he, he took an analytics course. He's he, he's kind of been consulted analytically. He's very open to um, getting creative and giving the, ch- the team the best chance to win. And if that's Greg Holland's slider matches up against this White Sox part of the lineup in the sixth inning, then that's where Greg Holland's going to fit because he's open to that. He's open because he wants to win. And um, Josh Stama, same way. If that 102 mile per hour fastball curveball combination works in the fourth inning and they need somebody, it's probably where it's going to be. I will say though, I mean, Josh Stallman, I think has another gear too. We, we, we talked about Brady Singer. Um, Stallman has been working on a changeup as well. Uh, he's, he's, just kind of just started to come in his, into his own last year. And I, he's another guy. I don't know if the baseball world, if you don't follow pitching Ninja, then you <laughs> might not know so much about Josh Stamont, but this guy is a, a, a different breed of person of human of, of, of pitcher. So be interesting. Well, let's uh, stick with the pitching and maybe uh, a couple of pitchers who I would think would have a chance maybe to to make the debut uh, their debuts in the majors this year. Uh, Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coar, uh, a chance we'll see them on pitching ninja anytime soon. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the Royals. I, I I'd be highly surprised if the Royals um, started the season with those two guys in the big leagues. Neither have pitched at AAA. Daniel Lynch pitched in the fall league, but hasn't pitched at Double A. Um, and I think really more than that, the challenge is just innings and the nature of this season coming off of last season, the Royals are obviously going to be very mindful of these young pitchers and the workloads that they've been through and that they're going to have to go through. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Danny Duffy in the rotation to start the year, to see potentially Irvin Santana, who, who was signed to a minor league deal, kind of get some bulk of, of work. And I think you could you could easily see about midway through the year at some point just kind of a baton passing to some of these young guys who prove that they're ready. I mean, Daniel Lynch, um, the Royals drafted Asa Lacey last year, so he's the lefty a lot of people talk about. But Daniel Lynch can run it up to 99, has a, a hook of a breaking ball, and has developed his changeup. Jackson Coar, a bit more um, – uncertain his changeup is is probably the best in the Royals system uh but it, both of those guys are really interesting um pieces and there are guys behind them too I mean a, a guy like uh Angel Zerpa no one knows no one talks about he's 21 years old um lefty who is is in the mix with a lot of these names so at the Royals um pitching development staff has done an, a really it just doesn't really make sense the job that they've done selecting so many guys in these last couple drafts and developing them kind of simultaneously. But I think with Lynch and Coar specifically, you could you could imagine those guys um, pitching in the big leagues at some point, if not at the beginning, early to, to midway through the year. Yeah, well, the Royals have done a really impressive job assembling their lineup so far, and uh, the pitching, maybe it's not 
so far behind. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, that all comes together. Uh, so, uh, Alec, uh, that's going to be it, unfortunately. We could probably talk about this team for a bit more, but uh, we're going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Just a reminder that if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, that we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. So, uh, Alec Lewis, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really enjoyed getting uh, some of these tidbits about the, the Royals and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting with you hopefully again this year. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Stay well, too. <laughs> yeah, same, same to you. Thanks so much. So, for Alec Lewis and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Monday. 